airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, welcome to the Friday edition of Aaron the Addison's. We call it our gumbo show, which means that everything kind of goes into the pot. We um, also take a look back on the week's shows, reminding you of the topics of those shows and uh, get to calls a little bit earlier in the program. That's what we try to do. That's our that's our custom. That's what we mm-hmm. aim to do on on a Friday. And uh, we're glad that you're able to be a part of that whenever you can be a yes. part of that. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC. And of course, we'll open the phone lines up in the second segment once we've kind of gone through a recap of what we discussed this week. Before we do that, though, I I want to talk a little bit about what you and I have been experiencing with our kids as we continue to work our way through scriptures. By the time by the time we're done with this particular chunk of lessons, um, it will be filed under Acts and Paul's letters, mm-hmm. like once we're done. And so we're we're moving through Acts and now chronologically moving through the letters as the Apostle Paul would have written them, yeah. or at least as it's believed, you mm-hmm. know, that he wrote these letters. And uh, and that has been really, really great. Like I've, I've really enjoyed um, the process of working through Acts. It took us a long time. Um, we go through it um, in, in an expository fashion. And which means, as the kids pointed out, it's amazing what you can get out of only a couple verses. Mm-hmm. Like as we move through and you really drill down and you're studying right. um, the word of God, you can spend an incredible amount of time um, digging into yeah. the scriptures. And so to be able to experience that with them has been wonderful. But this morning was a conversation that particularly just kind of uh, <laughs> moved me. I've been thinking about it all day. I was wondering... Mm if you might have been having the same thoughts about that. Yeah, I, th- I, I was glad that the conversation took place. You know, um, yeah. I, I think anytime you can have a conversation with your family, your children, and it, mm-hmm. just about, you know, w- what they're really dealing with, as far as the faith is concerned, that's a, that's a yeah. win. You know, that, that uh, things are open to talk about. And even mm-hmm. just the, the element of prayers being answered. Um, yes, it's just a Man. you know important piece just to show that show show the children, but show us as well and remind yep. us of the power of prayer and that prayer you know works, and that they are thinking more deeply about things than we realize. So we're yes. working through the book of Acts, uh, the book of Galatians. Galatians. We've mm-hmm. finished Acts. We're working through the book of Galatians. And um, just to give an example, so we are in chapter one of Galatians, but we have been in the first seven Mm -hmm. verses for days. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Which which sounds like it sounds worse than it is. It's really fantastic, though. I mean, like it it takes days. This is drilling down. This is looking at the original Greek. It is it's 
cross-referencing yeah. the scriptures and going showing that Acts the Bible, and, yeah. going back to Acts to show where the Apostle Paul was. And, right. You know, the Jerusalem Council. So you have to go back right. to Acts right. and you reread that and you look at that again. It is it's it, it's it is teaching the word, hopefully in a way that causes them to value the word, that it's not just something that you haphazardly or hastily approach where you're like, okay, I got to get in my few verses for today and I'm ready to go. But that you, that the word of God is worth with all due respect, wringing it out. You know what I mean? That it's, it's Mm -hmm. worth just really going back and drilling down. And so, um, so anyway, um, yesterday our discussion was on verses six and seven. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that we were talking about in Galatians, we were talking about verses six and seven, where the Apostle Paul, you know, he he's like he marvels that you're so quickly turning that the Galatians are so quickly turning uh, to a different gospel. Uh, the different use there is heteros, mm-hmm. where we get our word heterosexual, meaning different. So something that is totally that is other. And then he says, which there is not another gospel. And the Greek word for another there is alos, mm-hmm. A-L-L-O-S, meaning something that is the same, but another one. It would be used of if we said, oh, can I have another drink of mm-hmm. water? Mm-hmm. You want you want another one, but it's the same. And so the Apostle Paul is saying there is no alos <laughs> gospel. There is no other that is another that right. is the same. Right. If there is a different gospel that is presented, it is heteros. It is a different gospel. So we're talking about this. And then one of the things that the conversation turned to was trying to understand how the Galatians could have turned so quickly from the truth, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, I don't know how many times we actually stop and think about why the Galatians would have been tempted to turn to a different gospel. Right. I can tell you in all my years of studying the scriptures, I had not explored this thought, right? Right. But as we're drilling down with our kids and, um, you know, the Holy Spirit is so faithful to remind you of scriptures, which that's one of my favorite things to do with the word is mm-hmm. to cross reference to show mm-hmm. that the Bible interprets itself. The Bible is consistent. Right. You don't right. you don't have to go outside of the scriptures to make your point. And right? even like, you know, how how quickly, you know, they turn. But actually having the question of, man, I wonder actually how, how long that was, that period of time. Yes. You know, realizing yes. that it really was a short period of time. It really was a short period of time. <laughs> I mean, I would I comfortably would say based on the research and 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 just the cross referencing and, and looking at I would say that it was in a matter of months within a matter of months because when you look at the scriptures what you're talking about is the apostle Paul and Barnabas leaving um southern Galatia mm-hmm. right leaving all of these cities it, basically leaving this region mm-hmm. and remember this is where the apostle Paul was stoned nearly to death right they thought he was dead right <laughs> so, so the cities that make Man. up South Galatia mm-hmm. would be um, like Derby and Lystra and mm-hmm. Iconium. OK, mm-hmm. so these are the cities. Right. And so this is where, you know, Paul gets up, goes back in the city. I'm assuming that they want to mend his wounds here in, in Lystra or Lystra, however you want to say it. And uh, and then they they get up and they move on from there. But then remember, they circle back. And this is right. what we're talking about. They they prayerfully and with fasting, with fasting. install That's elders, right. as you yeah, pointed they, out they last night. They strengthen the disciples and they uh, place elders in. Yes. Yeah. The church is there. And so then from there, 
they go back to home base. Right. They go back to the church at Antioch, Antioch. which is the church yeah. that they were originally launched from. Mm-hmm. Um, before this first missionary journey, um, the church that has prophets and teachers, all these people are praying and fasting, and the Holy Spirit says, set apart for me Paul and Barnabas, or Saul and Barnabas, Barnabas and Saul, uh, for the work that I have for them. And uh, and so anyway, when, when this missionary journey is over, they go back to Antioch. Well, it's not long after they're in Antioch, and this is before the Jerusalem Council, that somehow word gets to Paul that these Judaizers have infiltrated these churches in this region and are saying that there is something else that you have to do. And so one of the things that we were pointing out to our kids is that the Bible is very clear about how we are tempted and how we are Mm. led astray. That's right. And so as we're drilling this down and, and trying to get them to use their holy imagination to think about what the Galatians would have been redeemed from, so they would have been idol worshipers, right? They would have, there would have been something that they had to do connected with their idea of salvation. Yeah. And then all of a sudden comes this man who has this message of salvation, and he's saying, there's nothing that you have to do. Jesus Christ has done this That's for right. you. That's right. But then, remember, they're already bent toward working in some way, doing something to feel like they are pleasing the gods, right? right. Like they're, it's not just belief. It's go and, you know, put this down at the altar, go and do that. You know, so imagine these things, right? And so what we were trying to get the kids to get a picture of is that then somebody comes along and says, you guys are Christians and that is great. <laughs> but there is more, watch, that you have to do. So this becomes very appealing to the Galatians because they're like, we knew it, right? <laughs> like, of course, there's more that we have to do. It can't be that just what Jesus Christ did is enough. And I I hope that, you know, that our brothers and sisters who are listening are thinking about the current conversations that's happening, mm. that are happening in our culture yeah. with the suggestion Come that on. there is that the gospel is not enough. <laughs> and some people are buying into it. They're that's like, right. I knew it. I knew I had to repent of what my ancestors did. I knew, I knew it couldn't just be that I come to Christ. Yes, I knew it. Right. And so before we're so quick to judge the Galatians, right. We have to look at what we're buying hook, line and sinker right now. And so one of the things that we did was we took them to James's letter where he says that each one of us is led astray by our own desires. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for the Galatians, what is their desire? Their desire is to do something in conjunction with what has already been done for them. Because that's what they're used to. That's what they're accustomed to, right? Yeah. But then we go a step further, and, man, this was probably so moving. So today we're recapping that conversation, and the encouragement is for them to journal and and to reflect on what we have talked about, and then we're going to share that. We're going to get together, and we're going to share that. But in the course of that conversation, we start to talk about temptation, Mm -hmm. period, just like temptation and how – There are areas of our lives that the enemy wants to seize upon, right? He wants to lay claim to those secret desires that we have, and he wants to drag us away, right? That we would be led astray by those. And one of our kids said, one of our kids said, you know, last night we were at prayer. We have corporate prayer at our fellowship Mm -hmm. every Thursday. And one of our kids said, "Um, last night I was at prayer. And I didn't feel bold enough to ask this as a prayer request publicly. But our kids said, I really have been praying and asking the Lord to help me because I have areas of temptation in my life, points of weakness. Mm -hmm. And I asked the Lord 
to give me a way to be able to talk about this in a way that, you know, would would be helpful and I wouldn't be ridiculed. I wouldn't be, you know. And here we are this morning having this conversation where this opportunity has been granted to this kid who just prayed this last night privately. (laughs) Right. Man, man. So we're like, okay, first of all, let's not miss. Let's not miss the fact that God answers prayer. Mm-hmm. Okay, because right now we are in the moment of God's response to your prayer. And number two, now let's talk about temptation and let's talk about how the enemy works against us. One of the things that was so profound um, was the walk away or the, the takeaway from the discussion that really in each of our lives, there are things that the enemy wants to lay claim on. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we know those things. And like each of our kids, as we're talking to them, and you can, you can see their faces, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they know the things. They know the things. They know <laughs> if, it's, if it's pride or if it's a, a desire to please people, right? If it's a desire to be accepted, to be approved of, which is a big deal for a kid, right? They know the things. One of the encouragements was to respond to the temptation the way our Lord Jesus did with the word. Mm. Right to know where those hooks are, those things, those desires mm-hmm. that lead us astray. But you pointed something out, and um, this was this is another one of those worthy. Well, they're all worthy, but worthy cross references where you take the extra time and you look at the scriptures, where when Jesus was tempted, when he was um, had been fasting for forty days, and he's tempted by the evil one. Um, with each one of those temptations, he combats those temptations with the word. But additionally, if you compare what the spirit of God is saying to us through James, Mm -hmm. right? If you compare that to what Jesus did, it shows us that there was no desire, even unrevealed. Like we can't see it with our eyes. We know that Jesus combated Satan with the word, but based on what we learn from James, we learn that there was no desire in Jesus that was contrary to doing the will of God. Hmm. Because if there was desire, he would have been led astray. The Bible says, how are we tempted? We are led astray by our own desires. <laughs> so this just makes us like, Lord, change our desires. Change our desires. Amen. Let our desire be for you. And then you Amen. brought in the, the scripture reference in John, John chapter 14, where Jesus says, Satan has no claim on me. Yeah. What I have done, I have done to please the Father. In other words, my desire is to please God. And as a result of that, Satan has no claim on me. There is nothing that he can turn to and point to that becomes like a hook. (laughs) All right, we got to grab the break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. I believe God sent the saints around the world to tell the people about his name. That his son was slain so that we could be forgiven. There's eternal life for believing and repenting. With that in mind, I'm called to go. With that in mind, I'm called to go. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's. This is the Friday edition where we do a bit of a recap. We call it our gumbo show. Everything kind of goes into the pot and you are a huge part of the conversation. Uh, We'll just reset here and then open the phone lines up shortly and hear more from you uh, than on a normal day. I'm Miki. And I'm Will and that's Tone Spain with Go Outside. 
Sherry B is over in Studio CC, and she'll be taking your calls in just a bit. Mm-hmm. Hey, one thing that we wanted to uh, get the kids to do, the children to do, was to um, do like our Lord did. You know, mm-hmm. that's the model that that Jesus is set up for us. And I was trying to get uh, one of our children because they were like, but Jesus, you know, he was God. And I said, now, remember, he was Come on. 100% <laughs> man, 100% God. Because the whole notion of, of temptation and stuff like that, they were trying to, like, understand that. Well, how, yeah. you know, he had some extra that he, I said, well, he didn't cancel <laughs> out his human side that, you know, right. he, that he couldn't be tempted, you know. Right. And he had to be able to be tempted and overcome it. For for him to be suitable, you know, to, to right. be the sacrifice, and so I was I was saying, look, Jesus, what Jesus did when uh, uh, Satan tempted him, that's the same thing that we're supposed to do mm-hmm. when we have these temptations that that come upon us. And the scripture says in Romans chapter fifteen, verse four, for whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, Amen. so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. So yeah. if Jesus, when he was tempted, you know, he used the word of God. Amen. Well, we we ought to do the same thing. You know, we ought That's to right. use the use the word of God. So the assignment was, look, hey, guys, let's all, all of us pray. All of us. Yeah. That's all right. of us <laughs> pray yeah. and ask the Lord to reveal to us those things that are those hooks that when the enemy comes, he said, OK, I see that I can pull on that and, and, and latch hold to that that God would show us those things and that we would have what I, what I called uh, resistance verses, mm-hmm. <laughs> resistance so verses that. Yeah. that we have memorized that when those things come up, we will do just like Jesus did. It is written. Mm-hmm. And we would say, you know what it is. We would quote that scripture and, and say, Hey, you know, we don't have to like fall each time that we we're up against this. And I was like, That's man, right. look, if you guys get this at this age, man, you will avoid a lot of pitfalls lot. and different things that may come to try to, to knock you down. That's right. And so, you know, and I, and I was telling them, I was like, man, look, uh, James chapter four, verse six through eight. But he gives uh, a, a, a greater grace. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud. <laughs> right. He's opposed mm-hmm. to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So Amen. that that shows us one thing that we should ask God for humility, you yeah. know, that we wouldn't be proud. But then it says, because of that, therefore, submit, therefore, to God. Yeah. And then resist yeah. the devil, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Then he yeah. says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And so I said, man, God has given us the ability through the scriptures through the word of God, the same way that our Lord Jesus Christ resisted the devil and he fled. Now he came back at a more opportune time. Mm-hmm. And I said, again, you will be tempted again. But we have the word of God as our advantage, the Holy Spirit Amen. as our, our our advantage. And we need to do the same thing that our Lord Jesus Christ did when he was tempted. And in Hebrews, it talks about how he was tempted in all ways, you know, just like we are yet mm-hmm. found without sin, yet without mm-hmm. sin. And mm-hmm. so we have to follow the model of Jesus Christ, have those resistance verses. And so yes. all of us, we're praying, seeking the Lord and asking him uh, to show us. But then that we was looking into the word of God and have those mm-hmm. resistance verses that we are able to combat the evil one. When that temptation arises. And, Amen. and that is so important. You know, one of the kids asked the question, is temptation sin? 
And so we say, no, based on what we see in the scriptures, to be tempted is not a sin, but to yield to it, to give into it is a sin. Hebrews teaches us that we have a high priest who was tempted in all the ways that Mm -hmm. we are tempted and yet without sin. So that scripture right there tells us that to be tempted is not the sin, but to give into it. We have a we have a we have an inside joke kind of game that we play um, where we kind of. (laughs) It, it really is a mocking of one another and in and, and a fun way. Yeah. I, I, I don't recommend this for anybody. If you're nobody sensitive, takes it, you know, yeah, right, we, all, we all enjoy it. We all <laughs> laugh about it. So if you're speaking and um, you misstate something or you say something, you know, sometimes say you get word, tongue-tied. Yeah, incorrectly. You, you say know? a word incorrectly. Yeah. Somebody says, oh, I call that as a name. Or I call, I call, <laughs> it's, they, yeah. you know, it's just a funny thing, right? Yeah. It, But, but what it is, it's, it's, the first person who lays claim to that mistake mm-hmm. or to that error, right, um, calls it as a last name. And so we were talking about how, you know, that's what Satan is doing. He's waiting for the opportunity <laughs> to pounce on our weakness <laughs> and mm-hmm. say, ooh, I claim that. Mm-hmm. like, and, and to draw us away. And, of course, that works in our family because we do it and we all get it, right? And so yeah. everybody like, oh, yeah, like we understand that. It's one of those moments where you are asking the Lord, you're saying, Lord, reveal to me my area of weakness. Yeah. Help me to know and to not deny it, to not make myself better in my mind yeah. than I am. Yeah. But to help me see where my weaknesses are and to search the scriptures for that resistance verse, yeah. as, as Will called it uh, yeah. this morning. But that resistance verse that when we are tempted, when, you know, when there was the possibility that this is something that the enemy um, as JD said, um, we'll hook on to, mm-hmm. you know, the enemy wants to hook on. And and one of the things that, that he pointed out, JD, when we're talking about the temptation of Jesus, he was like, man, you know, he said, Satan came after he had been fasting and then said, <laughs> turn these stones. I was like, right, <laughs> right. So when there is weakness, right? right. When there, when there was this moment where that's kind of appealing, yeah, right. That gives us a picture of an enemy that doesn't necessarily play "quote unquote" fair, and then even breaking right? even breaking down that all the, those things that he uh, the enemy would tempt us with, it falls under the, those three categories, those three from the things beginning. from the beginning: yep. lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Yep. You know, and but we and that the enemy is not like he's uh, uh, he has like omniscience and no, you know, but he right. used those same things. Throughout history to trip up mankind because because it works, yeah, uh, (laughs) you know, because it works. And but we have the Word of God, we have the Holy Spirit to help us to resist those temptations and resist the evil one when he comes with those same those those things, you know. And uh, we should all, I believe, as even as we are talking about this, man, have those verses that we have memorized and that we know that. Man, I'm I, I fall short in this area sometimes. Yeah. This is a weak spot. Yep. But we can sure ourselves up with the word of God and 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 use the word of God just like Jesus did to combat yes. the, the, the enemy. And teach our kids and our grandkids to do the same thing. This That's is right. readying them for war. Like this is equipping them to war. It's it's not always talking about oh what's going on out there in the culture, but it is really giving them a biblical anchor. It's giving them um, training and how to use the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's training them. It's, it's like, put this in your hand. Here is how you hold it. Here is how you're going to wield it. Here's, here is how you're going to use the word of God so that the enemy does not overcome you. And 
if we are teaching our kids this, then when they face those temptations, when those moments arise where they're outside of our presence, mm-hmm. well, you know, it. let's just say, you know, your kid is out in the world, so to speak, and they come up on a dragon. Hmm. Well, that's not the time for them to wonder if what they have seen you doing with the sword will work for them. Hmm. At that point, it's too <laughs> late. They need to know, you know what? I've been using my sword. Mm-hmm. Like I know I'm, I'm ready to fight the dragon. And I think that's what parents have to have in their mind as they're training and equipping their kids, that we are readying them for the battle that they're already in. Amen. They're already in. Um, but the time is going to come when they're going to face that battle and they're not going to have the training wheels and mm. they're not going to have us behind them with with the sword. You know what I mean? They're going to have to be able to, <clears throat> excuse me, use that sword mm-hmm. themselves. And we want them to be ready for that. We want them to be equipped to do that. And it takes an incredible amount of training and indoctrination, <laughs> training them in sound doctrine. One of the things that one of our kids pointed out this morning, and this is so true. It's so much easier to just go along with what the world is doing. Yeah. yeah. It's so much easier to not resist or to stand out, right? It's easier to to not stand out. Mm-hmm. It's easier to not make a big deal about what you believe. And and one of the things that was pointed out is because that is so contrary to what many people believe today. Yeah. But yeah. you know what we tell them? Yeah, but you got to do it anyway. <laughs> yep. You got to do it anyway. Yep. You know, if if you Everybody else can be comfortable with what they believe. You ever notice right. that you're in a room and people have all these philosophies, they have all these ideologies and, and they're just so comfortable. They can communicate that left and right. Mm-hmm. But then the Christian always has to beg your pardon and then speak. Mm. Oh, excuse me. beg you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. And so one of the things that we're raising our kids to do is not apologize for what they believe. Like Jesus doesn't need us apologizing on his right. behalf. I mean, to, to say it, you know, yeah. he said what he said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. He said, he said what he right. said. And so so we don't need to, you know, go before what he said and give an apology or a disclaimer. I mean, yeah, if you're going to speak on your own behalf, you may want to put disclaimers in place for you. Mm. But the living word does not need a disclaimer. Amen. 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 <laughs> it doesn't need somebody coming out beforehand. Okay, let me give the number and then we'll just do a quick recap of what we talked about this week. Okay. Uh, 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. You can talk to us about anything we have discussed this week right up to today. Um, we're happy to to engage with you on that. Sherry B is over in Studio CC, and she'll take your calls at 888-589-8840. In case you're wondering, um, you know, or needing a, a recall on the week's shows on Monday, um, the, the show's topic was Don't Touch the Pallium. That's when we looked back at Anselm <laughs> mm-hmm. in the Middle Ages. He was the Bishop of, of Canterbury, and he refused to allow King William II to place the pallium on his uh, priestly garments because basically what he was saying is that his office over the church as, as bishop over the church did not come from secular authority. Mm. And his position as an overseer was not going to be under the control or the dominion or subject to secular authority which I think is powerful yeah. on Tuesday we, <laughs> on Tuesday, we talked about um, uh, FGM and oh, um, how to yeah. put an end to that um, for a lot of people. That's one of those eye opening conversations where people say, man, I didn't know that that was happening in the United States of America where young girls are being mutilated in their flesh and it's being you know done under the guise of religious conviction yeah. or cultural uh culturally normative practices and and so anyway we had a conversation about that and then also kind of ended that show um asking where are you getting your information 
<laughs> and do you do you know more based on where you tend to get your information? So we can talk about that on Wednesday. The discussion around parents being a barrier to services. That's a quote from Planned Parenthood. But we use that sort of as a starting point to talk about the important work that parents do and knowing what our kids are learning and then also discussed why um, our public school system seems to have a vested interest in keeping parents out of the classroom. Man. Yeah, <laughs> we can go back to that if you'd like. Uh, on Thursday, we talked to Pastor John MacArthur, which is a great conversation. Of course, anybody who listens to this show, you guys know that we had more questions and um, I, I should have asked Pastor MacArthur to stay over. He probably would have. I just wanted to, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, respect you know, his time. And, yeah. I just wanted to respect his time. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we when we did move on, I was like, man, I still had more questions. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> but that was a great conversation. And then we uh, talked about the Tennessee school that is making parents sign a form agreeing not to sit in on the remote classes. Mm. Mm. Man, they're a giveaway. Like. <laughs> that says so much. Yeah. That I mean, that just to me says so much about what we have been talking about for a long time. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and the fact that we are not exaggerating that. Right. We're not we're not making that up. Right. You know? Right. So anyways, um, all of those uh, were the topics of conversation this week. And if you want to comment on any of that, you can uh, when you call 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Also, you know, let us know if there are, um, which we try to do this. You know, we, we talked about the 27 quote unquote prominent evangelicals oh, who have yeah. signed on to this statement yeah. in the midst of COVID and, and what that's supposed to look like, you know, right. Um, all of the links to the stories that we discuss, we put in the show notes right. for that day's show. Right. And the reason I say that is because I want people to understand that, you know, we're there's not ever an attempt to just give you your thoughts, mm-hmm. right? We are providing commentary, but I think the best thing to do is to go and read those stories and then arrive at your own point. Yeah. Right. Your, your own conviction sort of definitely. thing. So anyway, we, yeah, we promote, you know, you being able to read <laughs> and get the information <laughs> for yourself. That's why we put the yes. links in there, you know, because the thing is, it's not just like from the, from our mouths that this is coming from, you know, but you can go back and, and see for yourself and even share um, yeah. the stories or whatever, you know, with, with friends and family. So we just, we need, we try, we're trying to help inform the body of Christ, especially about what's going on and, 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 and how we should conduct ourselves, yeah. you know, while all this stuff is happening and, you know, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Do we have time to squeeze in one call before we go to the break? Yeah. I okay. Think let's so. try to do that. All right. Let's go to, Keith and wait, let's go to Keith. Hold on one second. I'm sorry. Pennsylvania. There you go. In Pennsylvania. Hi, Keith. Yeah. Hey, um, what was your thoughts when Mr. Biden said, I will only choose a woman of color? To me, that's racist. Mm. That's uh, (laughs) gender bias. How about a black man? How about an Asian person? How about a white person? Wouldn't wouldn't Jesus or Martin Luther King say the best person that's qualified and doesn't matter what color they are or gender they are? Why has no one called him out for that? Hmm. No, I think. uh, Thank you so much for that question, Keith. I, I do think that people have called him out for that, but I think it's just it gets ignored. I mean. Why hasn't anyone called him out for, you know, telling somebody that they're a dog faced pony show? I mean, you know, why hasn't anyone called him out for 
for saying that black kids are just as smart as, you know, white kids or whatever. Poor kids are just as smart as white kids. Like there are many inconsistencies that Joe Biden should be called out for that he gets a pass because the world loves its own. That's right. All right. We got to grab the break. Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. It's the Friday edition, and we've got a bank of calls to move through. Honestly, I'm kind of excited about that, and uh, we will quickly do that. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Ambassador with Nothing Like Us. Sherry B. over in Studio CC, getting them queued up at 888-589-8840 for mm-hmm. this gumbo show. 888-589. We're headed to the fall. Yeah. I mean, if, but anytime is gumbo time. Uh, that's in my, true. In my book, you know. That's true. That's true. If you're nice, <laughs> if you're nice, I might do an early pot of gumbo. Well, if you're nice, I'll be nice. And you have to, and you have to agree that you will eat it with rice because you're not you're not as a yeah. a rice eater. Uh, yeah, sure, I'll do that. <laughs> I'll eat it with okay. rice. It's sure, brought our family through a lot of changes that you have you've given up uh, on rice. I'm not, no, uh. it, it really hasn't. It's only just that <laughs> like, it's, it's just that me? rice eating enjoys company is all I'm saying. All right. It's just like it's hard to sit, you know, you know. Anyway, no, we can talk about it later because we got to make a call. Let's go. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where first? All right. Let's go to Josh in Oklahoma. Hi, Josh. How you doing? Good, good. So my comment is, uh, you know, back when I was in school, teaching was transparent. So your parents mm-hmm. could sit in on class because the teachers just taught. You know, mm-hmm. what is an English teacher going to teach my kid about systemic racism and, and gender transfor- uh, trans- uh, gender norms and all that? Like, mm-hmm. you're there to teach your subject, not my right. kid. That's my responsibility as a parent. That's right. That's right. You that's know, right. That's why the Bible says you should teach your children the way they should go so that mm-hmm. they won't separate from that when they get older. You know, just a simple breakdown of it. You know, that's my responsibility. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to be my, my – I don't need you to be my son's extra dad. I need you to Come be my on. English teacher. Right. That's right. You exactly. Know? No, you, like, you. I went to school. Mm-hmm. My teacher told me math. They didn't teach me. Oh, it's okay if somebody's different than you. Like my dad will teach me that. I don't need you to teach me that. Right. Right. You know, and what's interesting, Josh? Thank you so <laughs> much you, for Josh. your comments. I appreciate you you calling in because even now. Math has an ideology. I, I don't know if you remember this from a while back, but they were saying that to teach that math is absolute is racist, right? Like to <laughs> to teach that two plus two is four is oppressive. That's racist. Mm. And so, you know, I I, re- <laughs> I just don't know how our culture pulls back from this. Right. You know what I mean? It's right. not it's not just in the the classes that might lend themselves to philosophy where there's like, you know, you yeah. can branch off into this discussion where you say, no, I want to talk about that. But it is going on like, you know, f- you're launching it from the front end, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like you right up front, you're right saying, front. Yep. no, our worldview and our lens is teaching a, a different type of message to the right. kids that come in these classrooms. So Crazy. it's incredibly troubling. Where do we go next? Will the Great. All right. Let's go to Leroy in Virginia. Hi, Leroy. Hey, what's going on, Will? Uh, and Mickey, good to talk to y'all. Love you guys. Y'all are great. God bless you. I Thank really, you. Y'all are just great. 
But uh, hey, listen, my question, I guess the comment is, um, uh, and I'm not sure what they call, you know, the generation now, but, but you know, from the age between maybe 30 and 40, um, and I, I use that age because, you know, I've got kids around those ages, uh, mm-hmm. in between those ages. And um, But when the, with the Black Lives Matter movement, I, um, we were having a discussion with my son and my daughter-in-law, and, I mean, they launched, uh, I mean, they were able to talk to this thing, and they kind of, like, lost a, I mean, a, a, I mean, a really um, potent defense against why it was important in all of this. And I had never seen them do that really for the gospel in the same mm. way. You know, so now I'm kind of concerned because, Man. you know, they grew up in Christianity. You know, yeah. my, my daughter-in-law, her, her grandfather would pass the church for his I mean, mostly uh, she, that's all she's ever known him as. And her, her grandmother and her mother and all of them, are, they're steeped in the church. And my son grew up in the church. And, and so now I'm just kind of, you know, I was concerned that, man, what's going on with them that they would wow. take that kind of defense with this Black Lives Matter movement thing? Mm. Yeah. Wow. Let me just say, we have shared on our page. I know that you can go to the Hamilton Corners page and watch the same um, show. I know that you can download the podcast, but our brother, Abraham Hamilton III, uh, knocked it out of the park with exposing the witchcraft yeah. that is inherent, um, <laughs> that is indispensable Spiritual. from this Black Lives right. Matter movement. So to say it succinctly, uh, Leroy, brother, this is a spiritual thing that we're dealing with. And I will just double back to, and I recommend that anyone watch um, that particular show where he where he, um, I want to say the title of the show is they are trained Marxists, but that's not all they're trained in. Mm. So if you do a search for that, you can find it. Um, and I cannot recommend enough that all of our listeners watch that or listen to that podcast because it will open your eyes to see that you truly are not wrestling against flesh and blood. It's, right. it's not about just your kids finding a new affiliation. Right. There is a draw and there is a lure there when we talk about BLM. Yeah. And it's far greater than I think many of us realize. Now, this is why I say, you know, man, there's a lot that you cannot know, but discernment is still a defense. Mm-hmm. The Lord will still mm-hmm. keep you from that Amen. if your discernment is sharpened. And so anyway, I would just say to our brother Leroy that this you're talking about spiritual implications here. Yeah, Strong. Definitely delusions right that people are believing um and i'll say one other thing and then we'll go back to the phone lines here uh it really struck struck a nerve with me when you said i've never seen them go to bat for the gospel like they're going Mm. to bat for blm Mm. remember what our brother james said in james chapter 1 verses 13 through 15 um we we are led astray by our own desires Mm. we are led astray by our own desires right and I got to tell you, and we don't talk about this a lot, but I'm, I've never been one to mince words. People who listen to this program, you know it. When we exalt anything above Christ, that becomes an idol in our life. Yeah. And idols are as big as statues that when you hear the sound, you bow down, or they're as small as I like me and my skin color. Mm. Come on. And I'll just leave it at that, <laughs> and, and, and we'll go to the next call, 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go? All right, let's go to Chris in Texas. Hi, Chris. Hey, Will. Hey. It's good to visit with you guys. I've been wanting to call in for some time, and 
uh, I'm not usually listening to your show when it's online on on the air. So mm. uh, I'd like to visit with you about the gospel of Christ. And uh, you know, I think we as Christians have gone a little bit too far when we say there's nothing that we've got to do because we obviously have responsibilities as Christians to do things. Mm-hmm. And I think people have just laid down and and not done anything and been complacent. If you look at the Old Testament, Noah, if, you know, God told Noah to build an ark. If he hadn't mm-hmm. built that ark and done everything that God had told him to do mm-hmm. for the saving of his family, he wouldn't have been saved. Yeah. He would not have been saved in the New Testament. In First Peter chapter 3, verse 21, it talks about that very same thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why we've gotten away from the doctrine of baptism. I don't understand why people don't teach baptism anymore. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know that that's like a that's like a thing that people don't teach that. I'm not familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Um not at least not from a perspective of it's being resisted. But let me say something to your point, brother. Um you make an excellent point and and I want to double back. When I say there is nothing that you have to do, what I am saying is that there is nothing that you can do in addition to what Jesus Christ did that saves us. Amen. We do not have a works-based faith whereby we come to Christ because of his sacrifice and something that we must do. Now, our brother James writes that faith without works is dead. Notice the order, right? So he's saying, show me your faith by what you do. Like you are going to live differently. So yes, there is a requirement of us once we come to the knowledge of the Lord, but there is nothing that we do to aid in our salvation. That's right. I love the illustration that you use of Noah and the ark. Yeah. But what we're teaching our children is that, yes, Noah had to obey the Lord. So, okay, we come to the Lord in faith, right? We have to, in the day that we hear him calling, we don't harden our hearts, Mm -hmm. right? So we have to respond to the Holy Spirit who convicts and who draws us, the apostle John teaches us, right? But at that point, once Noah and his sons are on the ark, what Paul is rejecting in Galatians and what we are teaching our kids, right, warding off legalism, believing that there is something that you do that saves you. Mm -hmm. What we are teaching our kids is that for you to believe that there is something that you do to save yourself would be Noah and his sons and their wives all saying, you know what, we're halfway through the flood. We're going to go ahead and make a swim for it at this point. (laughs) Yeah, we're going like, to we're going to go ahead and make it because Paul <laughs> is like with, to the Galatians. He's like, man, wh- why do you why would you believe that having begun being justified now you have to do something? Right. Right. Because this arc of safety that Noah goes into is symbolic of the Lord Jesus Christ and the justification that is in the ark. Yes, you have to come to the Lord. You have to obey. You have to submit. But that is not what saved him. Even notice this, and, and not to, to drill down too, too far, but notice this, that when everything was complete and all the animals had come to the ark, the Bible says very clearly that the Lord sealed up the ark. Mm-hmm. The Lord himself. Oh, man, guys, our Bible is rich. Amen. Sealed up the ark. Amen. Right? So our brother is absolutely right here. There is nothing that we do. I mean, there is, there is not. It is not that we don't demonstrate that we are converted, that we have been transformed, right? But what I'm saying, and this is where we have to be we very can't careful. Earn salvation. There's nothing cannot, that we can to do to be saved. You can't work for that. Right. 
You cannot work for that. Listen, um, I, I, I will drill that down again only because I'm in good company to do it. Okay. <laughs> the Apostle Paul was very serious about this. He says, you are turning to a heteros gospel, a different gospel, something completely other. And he says, there is not alos another. There is not another, meaning there is not a different type of gospel that is still the gospel. Right. And this is why we've been teaching our kids about fundamentalism. We've been teaching our kids that when something is fundamental, it is absolutely necessary to be there to have the thing that you're talking about. If you remove one element of something that is fundamental to the thing, you have changed the thing that you're talking about. And that is why the apostle Paul says, I marvel that you have turned to a heteros gospel, Mm -hmm, a mm -hmm. different gospel. In fact, because the fundamentals of the faith that you are justified by your belief in Jesus Christ and what he did, right? The fact that he rose from the dead, he's saying, if you are adding works to that, you have turned to a heteros, a different different. gospel. If Mm -hmm. that makes sense. So I'm, I'm with you. I, I almost think we're kind of saying the same thing, but you gave me an opportunity to offer some clarity. I want to, I want to say that maybe I'm stepping out on a limb. Will the great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Terry in Mississippi. Hi, Terry. Hey, how are you doing? Doing good. Uh, I, I, I could eat some of that gumbo with you. I, go <laughs> I hear you, Terry. <laughs> uh, my wife and me started our family in 1973, and I started pastoring in 73. And we had our family gather together around, and we all prayed together. Mm-hmm. And a uh, family that prays together usually say stays together. Mm-hmm. And what a wonderfulness as they learn to pray and now our kids are grown, have kids of their own, and they still pray, and wow. kids, grandkids pray, and what a wonderfulness it is to pray. Amen. 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 I, I agree. agree with you so much. Awesome. I agree with you. It's important for our kids to pray with us and to know that we are praying even when we're not with them, to know that we live lives that are filled with prayer. Thank you so much Amen. for that, Terry. Let's try to squeeze in a couple more calls before the show's over, Will the Great. Okay, let's go to Selena in Georgia. Hi, Selena. Will the Great. And Mickey, sister, how are y'all? Doing good. God bless you. Listen, I want to thank y'all so much, first of all. Um, Mickey, I I think one of the best ways to describe you is um, bold. Amen. You don't beat around the bush. Amen. And I like that. And you're very inspiring. You inspire me to speak out. Glory to God. And share the truth. Um, one of the things I really appreciate is the you guys homeschool, but you talk about the what do I call them dangers indoctrinations mm-hmm. that the public school system is um doing to our kids, mm-hmm. and I have three grandchildren that are in public school, so I appreciate mm-hmm. y'all so much mm-hmm. for addressing that because you're wise enough to see that even though you're you're homeschooling your crew. You're going to be, they're going to be in the world with all these little Marxists. So Mm. I appreciate what you guys do there. Mm. And I also appreciate that you're so woke. I couldn't believe you guys when I first heard you talking about when you had Dr. Judy Mikovits and Uh Megan Lively almost Mm -hmm. wrecked getting off the interstate to find a place to stop so I could turn the (laughs) volume up and listen to you guys. (laughs) I mean, you just don't hear that in the Christian community. And I, I'm, I can't thank you enough for that. Oh, God bless you, Selena. 
One last I appreciate question. you. Is there oh, go a ahead. list for the 2,700 uh, high-ranking evangelicals that signed that document somewhere on your website? Yes. Because I need to well, my friends list on, on Facebook. Okay, not I don't have that just just that list of people who signed it separate from the article itself. But um, if you email Addison's at AFR.net, we'll get you a link to that article. Mm-hmm. Man, we're out of time. I wanted to say something about uh, homeschooling. Okay, until Monday, <laughs> Lord willing. God bless.